As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Courage. This is some rescue. Strength. Here they come. Determination. I know what I'm doing. Good. The name's Ahsoka Tano. And evil. Yes, my lord. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. From now on, you do as I tell you, okay? I think it would be wise if you took advantage of my knowledge in this instance. This joint has to get to the resistance base as soon as possible. R2, where are you? I call it aggressive negotiations. Follow me, boys! Coffee with Kenobi presents Lattes with Leia with Amy Ratcliffe and Dr. Andrea Letamendi. And now, here's your host. Welcome to episode 22 of Lattes with Leia. I'm your co-host, Amy Ratcliffe. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Andrea Letamendi. Andrea, we are not alone. We are not alone. <laughs> we are not alone in this, this universe. For only the second time ever, we have a very special guest to join us to talk about something, which we will tell you about later. Jen Fujikawa. Hi, guys. Hi, Jen. <laughs> oh, that was creepy. <laughs> Hi, Jen. She's never coming over she's again. She's leaving right now. <laughs> oh, she's gone. So what are we going to... No. Oh, Thank scrapped. you so much for chatting with us. We're so excited um, and hungry to, <laughs> to, to talk about uh, the topic today. Um, essentially, cooking and baking with Star Wars. Right. Yeah. That is a specialty of yours. Yes, it's something I know a little about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before we dive in, we want to say thank you so much to all of you for listening. Last month, we talked about Forces of Destiny, and we heard just a lot of warm and fuzzy things, basically, Mm -hmm. from our listeners, especially from people whose kids are watching it, you know, girls and boys and getting into it. Right. So, and I just finally... If anybody was curious, open my Forces of Destiny figures that I've had nice. for like almost two months. <laughs> I opened some of them today. Yeah, I really it really just solidified that there is something for everybody when it comes to Star Wars. And not everything is for everybody, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Which is something I keep wanting to tell people when they're getting all... When they're punchy. Uh-huh. When you like something and they don't. What? <clears throat> like that's allowed. <laughs> uh, and if you join us regularly, you know that one of our very important topics we cover every month is what we're drinking. And it is, I don't remember if last, I feel like last month was the water month, wasn't it? I feel like last month we were drinking tap water. Yeah, something. it was. Because the month before that was Bestman Breezes. Jen, usually <laughs> we have um, something with caffeine, something sugary, a soda, something that we like to talk about. And I, yeah, I think you're right. I think last time it was a little boring. This time, uh, this is the first time I've had this, by the way. Um, we have We have made Jen's recipe for blue milk. Right. And you can get it on StarWars.com. And we just, um, you've just posted it there earlier this year, all the five different recipes for blue milk, um, which by the way, because I'm, uh, what's the right word? I'm, I'm challenged in the kitchen. So I chose to make the, one of the easier versions of blue milk. And this is also a lactose free version (laughs) since I can't drink real milk. But you can make it with whole milk or 2% if you'd like. We made it with 
unsweetened vanilla almond, almond milk and a little bit of sugar and uh, some blue dye, mm-hmm. some food coloring, right? which is totally safe to drink, right? Totally safe. <laughs> How much have you, dr- have you had? It's not okay. It's really good. We need to stop and go. <laughs> I don't usually like to drink almond, almond milk on its own. Um, but adding a, a few, and you can also add, um, what are the couple things you can add to this to like uh, season this is it, sort spice of, it up? This is sort of the base blue milk drink. So you take your milk and you add a little sugar and you can even add a pinch of salt for a little bit of savory. Ooh. But then you take this as a base and you can make, um, you can make boba tea, you can make shakes, you can make smoothies, you can even make ice cream with this. Oh, I don't remember, I but oh. like right, like, mm. <laughs> and I very much appreciate that it's just. I feel like a lot of times when I see blue milky ish things, it's raspberry mm. or like it's, and I don't like raspberry. Oh, um, interesting. Blue raspberry. Am I making that up? Maybe because raspberry is purple or blue raspberry. I think. Yeah. Okay, that makes me yeah. feel better. Can I tell you no. that somebody who I will not name, who lives in my household, <laughs> said. Um, why don't you just eat blueberry cereal and pour the milk into a glass and have that be, I'm not even going to I actually like, this. I really like cereal milk. I, mean, I, I would drink it. I, this is better. But you don't know what's in that cereal. You know what's in this because yes. you made it yourself. Yes. Right. So that's sort like... of my whole philosophy is <laughs> I don't like over-processed things, so I try and break it down and go down to the basics. So you could totally do that, but you'd probably be on a sugar high for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yes. You. There are a lot definitely... of ingredients on a cereal box <laughs> that right. don't sound delicious. So how not to make blue <laughs> milk... Uh, so blueberry cereal is not one of our official sponsors, <laughs> but maybe we should reach out and no, that would not make any sense to go with the star Wars <laughs> podcast. I was thinking about, uh, because I'm me and making this alcoholic mm-hmm. to make it an adult yes. beverage, but I don't think does, I, I feel like, I don't know a lot about mixology, but I feel like milk and alcohol doesn't always it, you mix. can. I know a lot of people who do, but uh, I just, again, this is a base, so you can do whatever Ever. you want with it. You can just drink straight alcohol and color it blue if you want. <laughs> I, just, I, feel like I don't now, suggest like, that. I'm just telling I'm you. I'm writing this down. On your um, on your post on StarWars.com for the blue milk recipes, I was really liking the idea of one of them where you would add banana and kind of make a almost like a breakfast smoothie out of it. Ice, um, sugar, of course, the blue dye, any kind of milk kind uh, type that you would like and and a banana or other types of, of sweet fruit. I think that would be really good. Maybe a little pineapple. That yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah. And then if you wanted to add alcohol, like a Malibu <laughs> rum. For breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about breakfast smoothies. We are. We're alcohol. talking about if breakfast a, smoothies. A weekend or your day okay, off. Sure. So there's something for just like Star Wars. There's something for everybody. There's a blue milk for everybody. There's yes. a blue milk for everybody. Which, Make it your own. I think that's good to know because I think a lot of people just think about like I'm going to get this milk and put blue food dye in it, and that's right. it. Right. Yeah. So many possibilities. Well, this is now the episode. We've never spoken so much about what we're drinking, but thank you, Jen, for providing us that recipe so we could try it out. I, I don't know. If, I think this is the most interesting thing we've spoken about for as far as what we've been drinking for sure. There was that energy powder that I drank I, that one that time. That went on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it did. Um, another tradition on Lattes with Leia every month is we talk about a Star Wars thing we're especially excited about. I think, as I always say, like it's a Star Wars podcast, so obviously we're pretty enthusiastic about all of Star Wars, but it's fun to like pick one thing that has this extra pumped. Uh, Drea, would you like to go first this month? Yes. So, of course, I think folks know I'm going to talk about Battlefront. I knew you were going to, and I knew it without <laughs> looking at the show notes. Yes. So some of us checked out the beta. I think the beta was was free for anyone who has um, PS4 and maybe other consoles. So we were able to check it out for a couple of days. If you pre-ordered Battlefront 2, you could check it out, I think, a day or two days before the rest of us. I've not yet pre-ordered it. I'm not sure what I'm waiting for, but... Yeah, very surprised by that. It is strange. Uh, The game... so So for folks who are not familiar with Battlefront, 
It's an action shooter video game based on Star Wars. And um, the one that's coming up has um, some additional characters. Uh, Ray is in it. Um, Iden from... Uh, from Inferno Squad. Inferno Squad. Thank you. A couple episodes ago, we talked all about Inferno Squad yes. and Versio. So go listen to that. So lots of great new characters will be seen, and um, what they allowed us to um, to essentially play were a couple things. Some of the things were not available yet, but one of the things I loved was playing on Theed which, of course, is the um, capital city of Naboo. And what's interesting is you could play... Uh, two. There are two sides, so you can either be... I guess at the time it would be a clone trooper. Oh, so yeah. So you'd be the clone trooper side or the battle droids. And so um, it's interesting because you can also select certain characters on either side if you gather enough points and you can play as Darth Maul, which is amazing, but he plays on the side you don't expect him to because it's before Order 66 and all that. So um, you're you're sort of um, wondering when you get to play him, why, like why who are you? Yeah, it's a little confusing. Oh. But um, the battle droids are super fun because... I don't know. They're they're kind of cute and battle droids are funny. They and they say they've had them say a number of different really funny uh, and cute lines. Uh, you know, of course, Roger, Roger, and all that stuff. And um, I think I think it's good. Nice. Did you enjoy like? Because I think from the beta, it was all the uh, none of the campaign stuff, right? Not the story campaign, but the. Uh, the shooting, you're right. Pew, pew yes, part. yes. The, the, essentially, the the battles, um, the, the battles stuff. in the battlefront. Yeah. Did you like it? Like yeah. How, like, how did it compare to you know, uh, battlefront? It's one? hard. It seems a little harder. I think it's just because you're learning um, different functions, and um, I think more precision is necessary here, especially if your targets are the battle droids. I mean, they're little, little slender, tiny little things. Mm. So trying to target them and, and actually hit them for me was challenging. But just like any video game, I think just with um, uh, obsession, Hours. practice, <laughs> and uh, addiction, I will eventually become really good at this. <laughs> Is that a thing in your household or not yet? I'm I don't I'm not good at those games. Yeah. I like to look at them, but I'm terrible. But uh, can you play as a gonk droid? That is like all I care oh. about. <laughs> oh, as a gonk droid. I don't know. I don't want <laughs> to be like so. just walk around because like, that's what I would do. I wouldn't shoot anything. I just walk around looking at things, and then someone would kill me. So yeah. See, that's like I was looking over um, my boyfriend's shoulder when he was doing the beta. Like he because feed is beautiful. It, it is beautiful. Beautiful. And I just would be like, I want to, and somebody uh, posted a screen cap. There's a uh, piece of art with Queen, like Padme, Queen, like Queen Amidala somewhere in Theed. And I'm like, that's beautiful. But how do you walk around without getting killed? Yeah, I just look at the scenery. So I would just constantly be killed. That's why I don't play. There is, yeah, <laughs> it is beautiful. And yet because it's so detailed, there's a lot to look at and... It is, um, I think, overwhelming, and I'm not really that good at this. I, I just sort of, I, I play yeah, a few hours every day, um, every other day. So <laughs> I don't know. I like a, a month from now, like our next show after the game I'll has be come gone. out. You'll be, be an like, empty seat. <laughs> Jaya is on the couch playing Battlefront. Uh, I am excited for the story mode for sure. Yeah, likewise. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I will talk about my thing next. And in case Jen, in case you are not ready with a thing, you still have time to think think of a thing. <laughs> um, mine is from a certain point of view, which is a book that just came out uh, early October. October, I think this is October. Yeah, sometime recently in October, and it is in honor of the 40th anniversary of A New Hope, and it collects 40 short stories that happen you know, kind of during the timeline of A New Hope from the perspective of, like, the bartender in the cantina uh, from the stormtrooper that hit his head on the threshold outside the (laughs) control room. (laughs) So with 40 stories, that's a lot, 40 different authors. It's definitely different styles. Uh, Some amazing stories that just broke my heart. There's a story about Obi-Wan's time of death and what's going through his mind and all these flashbacks he has and what he sees in the future. 
There's an incredible story about the last moments on Alderaan between uh, Briha Organa and Bail Organa. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm picking all the ones that made me cry. But there's also some unexpected, like, of course, I'm going to be into those stories. But there was this really wonderful one by Ken Liu, who's actually writing an upcoming YA book about Luke Skywalker that was called The Sith of Data Work. And he's a guy in the Empire who, like, knows data pads, like, forms. Like, he's, like, the paperwork pusher. And this was this really fast-paced story about, um, don't remember his name or rank, but a guy that didn't inspect the escape pod that R2-D2 and 3PO got away on, and he wanted to cover his tracks so he didn't get in trouble. So he went to this guy to find out. Like, how can I bury? Like, how can I cover my butt, basically? Mm. And this guy Mm. who knows all these forms, he's like, well, first, do X, Y, and Z. And then file this one. So they think it was just this, like, weird story you don't expect to be as entertaining as it was. Anyway, and then there was a mix of, I would say, with 40 stories, it was 85 to 90% like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't like it. That's awesome. I'm glad I know that. And the other ones were like, what? Why did you feel the need? <laughs> that's weird. Cool, but also weird. So I haven't yet read them, but um, I'm a huge fan of Paul Dini and actually spoke to him about writing yes, his. he has a Boba Fett. And I have not read it yet. So how... How is that one? Is that one more, um, you know, kind of uh, fun and entertaining? Is That's kind of what I would assume, or is there a, a depth to it? Yes, and it's one of the, they vary in length, and the Boba Fett one is quite short. Like, it's maybe three and a half pages. And I don't like Boba Fett that much. <laughs> I was so, going to say, you're, you're asking her about <laughs> Boba Fett. So okay. I, don't think, I don't think I can be a fair judge of that one, but I very much like Paul Dini. And his style of writing, but it was Boba Fett, so I was just predisposed to be like, why? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Um, he enjoyed doing it. Good. Yeah. And it's cool, like, in the audiobook, like, John Hamm narrated that one, so he oh. is, like, the voice of Boba Fett, so that was cool. But, yeah, there's a lot, like, Gary Whitta, who wrote Rogue One, or co-wrote, or worked on the story for Rogue One, wrote a story about Captain Antilles, like... Right, like between Rogue One and up to the moment that Vader, you know, chokes him. And there's a story about R5-D4 that is beautiful and made me cry. The little droid with a bad motivator. There's, it's really cool. And it's, though it does go, the stories are told in order as like of the the film. Mm. But if you just want to jump in and read them out of order, like, you can. Like if you want to be like, oh, what's this Yoda one? Which is really good. It's so good. There are a lot of good ones. Anyway, highly recommend. And I only have one thing this month, so I'm very proud of myself. Usually it's hard <laughs> for us to narrow it down mm. to one or two things. We have to work like usually sub, on that. I'll be like, I'm just going to mention this one. Yeah. And the list gets long. Uh, so Jen, what Star Wars thing has you feeling excited right now? Um, as much of an empire girl as I am, I love porgs. I'm obsessed with them and I can't wait to see the movie and hopefully they all become evil. That is my goal. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so you hope the porks become evil. Well, you mean that I, they I are like unexpected now? things. I don't know. I'm not Maybe they're evil to begin knows? with. We have no idea. We can just impress upon them what we want. <laughs> so until someone tells me otherwise, that's what I'm going with. But um I like I love them because they're cute, but they're also very ferocious if you really look at them and look at their mouth and stuff. So I am obsessed <laughs> with pork. So part of one of my many jobs is to look for new things and new artists. So I'm constantly on Etsy or Instagram looking for things that <clears throat> that kind of stand out, especially artists who are creating like indie things. And there's so much porg art <laughs> out there and like pins. I collect enamel pins. So it's like, it's kind of a deep dive into porg culture. People are getting tattoos and all kinds of wow, things. They're already. But, um, three people who work at Lucasfilm. Yeah. Who One in story tattoos. group already has... Yeah, exactly. that's a good sign because they may. Might that's what know. I feel like. Yeah, they might know yeah. a little bit more. But I found lots of pin. I've been buying a lot of pins and uh, find a lot of artists that are doing some cool things. And uh, that's awesome. So I like seeing people take their own interpretations of things and and create stuff with it. So you're saying there's a whole smorgasbord 
of porn merchandise. I'm sorry. I was going to say, so you're kind of in the porn porn, given all the... All the various, the immersion into porn. Uh, that's gone stuff. too far. I think. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah. Sorry. And a new porn thing I saw today that made me happy is Hot Toys is doing a Last Jedi Ray figure, and it comes with two porgs. <laughs> so they're, they're to scale. So I think they're you know we bitty. Tiny ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking into um, the Funko Pop figures in a previous episode we talked about collections and that's something that that I might gather and they have the flocked pork have the flocked mm-hmm. you have the flocked yes. pork I don't have that one yet <laughs> they have multiple versions of porgs the flying one I don't yeah. have that one I was just saying at some point today like you do that Funko like I'm lukewarm like I like pops and I buy like the ones I like but there are a lot but one guaranteed way to get me to buy a pop is to flock it. <laughs> I don't like... I just like have it like in their soft. I don't know why. Normally I don't jump on board with things that are like super popular for no reason. Right. Like, as porgs are now. But um, the other thing that I also love is um, um, just how people get so obsessed about something that may or may not be a big deal when the movie comes out. And I like to see people's reactions when the movie actually <laughs> does come out. Right. It's like... And do you regret all the money that you've just spent? <laughs> Are you having like Claire? I'm like that makes me think of Phasma. Yeah, that was totally. One. I was oh. like Phasma's the best. All the Phasma things, Aww. and I was like, oh, well, her armor's still cool. <laughs> I'm hoping we'll see more of the Arctic fox or the the little mm-hmm. winter wolf. Yes, crystalline fox. That's that what it's officially me. called. Well, that's what Ryan Johnson like. Somebody's like, it's okay. a nice fox. He's like, it's a crystalline. I didn't mean to be like pushing my. No, but I I was calling it an Arctic. Thing. Thing. It got me excited because uh, one of the first people who did pork pins, um, 800 pounds production mm-hmm. or something, Yeah, they have put a um, crystal, somebody calls it a kyber fox jokingly, so they made a pin of that, and it's pointy and sparkly, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm going to need it in life, and I'm going to put it on the show notes in case it's still available. <laughs> but I'm so curious about that. Yeah. I, um, even though I didn't watch the trailer, sorry, I did watch you knew what that was. Yeah. So I, no, I don't, I still don't necessarily know what that is, but I watched the trailer with the sound off Oh, that's right. Yes, because I didn't want to know too much, but I definitely wanted to, to see some stuff. So, um, just with the sound off, I was pretty amazed and I'm super excited and I'm so glad we all have gazillion tickets going on for yeah because <laughs> let's see i have tickets for thursday and saturday i also Jen. have tickets for thursday saturday and thursday saturday same. yeah so yeah i think that's yeah. how we normally do it every year too <laughs> i feel like it works we out all that way. do it and then we all get together and do one big one together too, yeah so yeah that'd be fun but that is fyi to people listening like, we're not going to go Hugely, really into the Last Jedi trailer uh, because I want to be respectful of Drea's wishes to not know everything. We could kick you out of the room, true, uh, in in your own home. <laughs> to discuss. There was a porn, <laughs> but <laughs> I uh, know that you did not. I'm excited to learn more about the crystal foxes too. Yeah, same. Yep. I wonder if it's like petting a hedgehog, <laughs> like. <laughs> You mean like a porcupine where you go the opposite way? Yeah. Well, and so from an evolutionary perspective, (laughs) they must, there must be a reason why they have those, um, on their heads, like they, that it's either a defense mechanism or some kind of, um, you know, something they've adapted. So they will either, um, prey on other things, porgs maybe, or, Porgs prey on them or something. There's like something. No creature cre- own creature fighting. <laughs> I refuse. No creature. Circle of life. There's got to be something there. I don't want to see. You didn't it. see the part where the fox was lifting up the porg <laughs> and then he ate him. Is that oh. a spoiler? Um, no. <laughs> Drea, did you watch it with your eyes open or? <laughs> I must have closed my eyes I during that so. part. I quit. I'm out. No porgs get harmed on my watch. I, not that I really have a say in the manner the matter. Uh, I feel like if porgs get harmed, Ryan Johnson's Twitter mentions will be lit and not uh, in a good way. I think that's going to happen no matter what. 
No, they're good. No. I'm, I refuse. Um, happier note. A porgulous note. And by the way, tangent. Uh, Roku uh, Depot, who reviews a lot of Star Wars podcasts, has started keeping a... <laughs> he's gonna hate this episode. I started keeping a mention of Porg count. Oh, and then once he reviews, goodness. So uh, sorry. Yeah, but I like that you do that. I think it's, I think it's cute. <laughs> this was a p-word heavy episode. Um. Anyway, let's move on to our non-Porg segment. Yeah. Oh, you went there. Yes. We I actually. Well, you know, I'm gonna bring up Porgs. Later in our discussion with Jen, because we're still talking about Star Wars. It's true. It might come up. She's already made pork things. Yeah. 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 So we're going to talk about Star Wars fandom and and cooking and baking. And obviously Jen creates a lot of recipes, not only for, you know, she's created them as long as, like, as long as I've known you, but also like in a very official capacity for StarWars.com. Um, you do stuff for Marvel. I mean, obviously not Star Wars stuff for Marvel, but stuff for everybody. So mm-hmm. she's the perfect <laughs> guest to have yes. for this. The only guest that I can think of. So officially, Jen, you are a lifestyle and food blogger, writer, contributor, I would say creator, designer of recipes. And um, certainly you have a, a, a you have a specific visibility and voice in the Star Wars community. I wanted to, um, I wrote down a few things I I definitely wanted to ask you and I just kind of wanted to open the discussion with Porgs. No, I'm kidding. I (laughs) want to, let me get my notes. (laughs) I wanted to open the discussion with, um, just kind of like cooking and baking in general and how, um, we, we sort of do this. I know Amy, uh, you're probably someone I think of as, um, a person who does cook and bake with uh, your geeky passions and your fandoms as well. And so um, how did this all start? So, so Jen, when did this start for you and how did it start um, in the sense of this being something that was starting out as a hobby or something that was fun and interesting to you? Um, I actually had a second career before where I was an architect for many years and, um, I kind of went through a layoff and stuff and then I had my kids and when my kids were growing up, um, I'm, I always loved Star Wars and comics and all those things, but when my kids were growing up and I wanted to feed them, like we talked about earlier with non-processed foods and kind of creating things from scratch, I was making my own food at home and I just kind of added Star Wars touches or comic book touches to the food just because I thought it would be fun and it would be not a way to trick them into eating, but just to make meals more interesting. Um, And then that sort of just took off and I started a blog because I was trying to keep all my recipes in one place. Um, I, you know, didn't want to have papers with me or whatever, keep it on my phone. So I thought that by putting it up on a blog, I could always go back for my own personal reference. It was like a, my own file cabinet basically. But then with like the advent of Pinterest and everything, it started taking off and people found me because they were looking for the same things that I couldn't find. I couldn't find Star Wars recipes online, at least detailed ones about, in-depth characters for sure you know basically it was Yoda and Chewbacca and that's about it but in blue milk exactly and not even blue milk I mean people some people still come up to me and they don't under don't know what blue milk is even they're lifelong Star Wars fans and so I'm sort of like you know it was very hard to find at the time so I just started doing it for fun for my own reference and then started you know building a collection of recipes that on that website um justgenrecipes.com I think at this point, it's been so long, I think I have about over 500 recipes oh, that I've created wow. just on that site. And that doesn't include all the custom ones that I make for the various outlets that I work right, for. All the special events that you right. do. And I'm sure at the time when you started to curate your blog, there were folks coming to you, friends, acquaintances, people who were saying like, oh, I saw a picture of this or I saw that you baked this. Um, how do you do it? And so I wonder if having the blog then allowed you to, I don't know, more easily 
share that with people versus other ways in which we would share our recipes or, um, right. It was easier to give someone out a link and it also made me become more creative because if I knew a friend liked uh, a character or something, it would make me think of a way to make it into food, to make mm-hmm. it more fun. Um, because again, there was at the time nothing online. Now there's everything online. Right. So, <laughs> well, but still, I feel like your stuff is, I mean, and I'm not just saying this because I'm your friend and I adore you, but it's more creative. I feel like mm, a lot of stuff is very still like Yoda and Chewbacca and Light, which is all great. But I'm looking at Ahsoka Tano. Oh, yes. Pumpkin Let's look at this. Pies, many pumpkin pies that you made for us. And I have seen, I mean, a lot of people I feel like don't go to the next level mm-hmm, to look mm-hmm. for inspiration. Right. There are characters that I think people love and overlook because they're just uh, just a little bit on the outside, I guess, of the regular uh, everyday Star Wars fans' ideas of, of who the main characters are. But um, like Rebels fans obviously would right away know who that is yeah. and, and probably want to so make excited. it for their kids who love the show or who love the show themselves. Yeah. And I'm curious, um, I want to ask, I want all of us to talk about this, but um, if we can start with you, Jen, how, like, was cooking or, like, baking just, like, a thing that was in your family, kind of, that you always grew up around? Or when did you, do you kind of remember when you started, like, learning? Um, It actually wasn't. I don't know. I always, even when I was a kid, I would go to the library and i just look at cookbooks. I don't nice. know why. I wasn't necessarily cooking at the time, but I just liked the idea of it, I guess. And then um, my my mom cooked. I mean, my mom cooked and baked from scratch, but not like that wasn't her thing. And then I just sort of took over and started to teach myself. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, the architecture side, too, because by being a creative person, you want to find ways to do what you do best in other outlets. And I think you just never stop creating. Like, I constantly sketch all day long. I don't draw anymore like I used to, but I use those sketches to create food or to create crafts or create other things. Nice. Andrea, are you like... I'm terrible in the kitchen. Um, I don't think that's true. Oh, you're sweet. Uh, well, I, I did make, make I made these delicious blue milks. blue milks. You made the Bespin breezes. I did make the Bespin breezes. I was channeling Jen and thinking, how can I tie in this this idea that we read in a book to something we could drink in real life. And so when I read the words Bespin Breeze, I thought, oh, this is going to be bright red or pink and and be tropical. And and so we created these drinks. Um, I think, you know, growing up, my, so my, my parents were immigrants and they, my mom was very intent on learning what I think at the time she called like American foods Mm. and American recipes. So she would try to find recipes that she felt were um, more traditional uh, Western, I guess, American style foods um, that later became my comfort food. So like macaroni and cheese and tuna casseroles and, and things like that. Um, And so she, she definitely cooked and baked a lot. And I think that her, her motivation and intention was to try to get um, really to, to acclimate us to more than just the foods that, that we grew up with and that she grew up with, um, which was great as well. Um, her side of the family is Chinese, so we ate Chinese food a lot of the time. And so she would then, uh, a lot of times she would kind of like add things together, not in one place, but like we would always have white rice at the table, even if we had (laughs) a tuna casserole or something. So, um, so I grew up really, uh, enjoying being around, um, baking and cooking, but I never really got too interested in it to the point where I was creative with it. I liked baking a lot in terms of, uh, sweets like cookies and cake. And when I started trying to just integrate my fandom of Star Wars into it, I remember a nightmare when I made, uh, I think it was sugar cookies and I had those, um, those Williams Sonoma stencils with the Star Wars logo and Darth Vader, and I was using those to to add the cocoa and sprinkles and and powder, and it looked like a hot mess. It was <laughs> awful, like a literal Aww. hot mess. Because I I think that I I did it wrong. Um, so um, some of my attempts have been have not had the best results. 
but at the same time, just doing it, like just the process of, uh, getting out those stencils and, um, and even some of those, uh, cooking, um, and baking, I don't know what you call like accoutrements or, you know, all those little things like supplies supplies and, and the little, um, they also make the kind that has, um, a ones you can stick into, what do we call that? You stick it into the cupcake or, or like pics. Yeah. With pictures. Yeah. So things like that, even if I didn't necessarily draw them or create them, it was fun to transform my fandom into something visual, something that, um, that I would really enjoy later. Nice. I think that's a, like a good way to work around too. Like, or if you're like, I don't have the time to make cupcakes, right. Or whatever you can. Yeah. Kind there's of go always that a way I feel to add fandom to your food to make it fun. And it doesn't have to take hours in the kitchen at all. And that's also why I put a lot of process pictures up too, to sort of break it down so that you can follow along and see at each stage if you're getting there and if you're not getting there, that's fine too. It's sort of like, you know, it's freedom as your own uh, interpretation to be free with the characters and the fun that you're having with cooking. Yeah. Even though mine was a disaster, it was so <laughs> much fun. Yeah. That's the, that's fun. the idea. The oh, and so Amy, I know you've done a lot of baking and cooking with multiple fandoms. Um, I, I don't have a lot, but definitely some, and I didn't start, um, kind of the same. My mom always cooked and baked and I don't know if it's a Midwest thing or a combination of a Midwest thing and a rural area and not having a ton of money, but cream cheese was in everything <laughs> we ate. Yeah, she still cooks that way. And like cream of mushroom soup, mm-hmm. always really, yes. I mean, it was all good, but it'd be like, uh, potatoes. She makes these kind of potatoes that are potatoes like a package of sour cream a package of cream cheese mm-hmm. uh you cannot eat them Treya. <laughs> um so it was all good but i never really learned how to cook from her i learned um baking a little like especially around you know this time of year in october we'd always make pumpkin rolls uh well which i haven't had in forever and then Christmas, there'd be a bunch of like pecan tassies and cookies and zucchini breads. Yeah. Uh, maybe zucchini bread was a fall thing. And my aunts baked a lot as well um, on my mom's side. So I kind of learned from them a little, but I feel like, like I learned a little, but I distinctly remember like at one point, I think I had just moved into my own place when I was like 20 or something. And I realized like, I don't know how to make grilled cheese <laughs> and I don't know <laughs> how that is possible. Um, but around then I learned to cook from, uh, Alton Brown and good eats. Mm-hmm. I love that show. And, uh, Rachel Ray, to yeah. be honest, I think I was, that maybe, maybe was like in the, my early twenties. Uh, and I started, I don't remember when, like I first started realizing like, Oh, I can cook the things I have seen on TV or in a book. I can bring that to life. But I really remember like going like whole, like heartedly into it for my 30th birthday party, which I think was like kind of the first party, like not too long after I'd met both of you. Uh, when I actually made friends in LA and I was a firefly themed party. Yeah, that was a good party. That was so fun. That was very well themed out. Thank you. I was really proud of that. <laughs> but I like went on that food, like it wasn't necessarily decorating anything, but it was pulling from, you know, there's an episode where they sell like, it's like dogs on a stick and, you know, on the street. Like, <laughs> so I took, made chicken skewers out of it and made a sign that saw, you know, whatever it was called. Uh, my favorite though is like there's one point where they make a really messy chocolate cake for someone out of like, you know, the protein junk they have on hand and it looks hideous, which is perfect because I don't know how to, I don't do well with decorating cakes. So I made a, an approximation of that cake, uh, which was at about my skill level as far as decorating. Um, and one of my favorite, I think one of the first Star Wars things I did is in the Legends novel and the X-Wing books, there was this cake called... Uh, rice cake from Corellia that was made with Corellian whiskey and it was described as like a brown like kind of sweet cake but also a little spicy so and I just kind of adapted a um, like a rum cake sort of recipe like with uh, with whiskey American uh, Tennessee whiskey to try to it I don't know and I'm like who knows if it was spot on because it was mentioned in a book it's not or if it looked right but 
I was very like excited. I remember being so excited about like looking it up and all the books and taking notes. I'm like, do they say anything about the texture? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I made it for myself. So in the end too, it was like, who's going to judge? Um, there's something about fun. that. Yeah. Like some of it might involve a little bit of research and learning more about, um, who was drinking or eating this thing and what is it about that thing uh, with blue milk, for instance, um, this is especially specific to Luke's story. And so by making it and by, um, seeing it and drinking it, we we're having a connection to that narrative. And I think that that's meaningful. And as you talk about Amy, the, the recipes, um, that you've crafted and come up with, there's that element of it's special to you, whether it's, you know, exactly what it was supposed to be or not. There's that, that sense of connection to the fandom and, and that's really unique. Do do you experience that as well, Jen? Yeah, definitely. Especially when I'm trying to come up with new recipes because so much of it is research as well. Um, even if it's just mentioned in a book or me- or seen on you know seen for a few seconds, you kind of want to get the whole backstory so that you can create, so you can get a, really get a feel of of what that character is eating or or what's happening in that scene. And I think that's important because it allows you to get even deeper into your own fandom and and find out more about the things that you love. Yeah, like I liked reading about it, and it's, I think it was kind of a wine, so it's not really something like a baked good, but in, I think it was mentioned in Inferno Squad, and also something, this Alderanian wine called Toneray, Tony Ray, but it's very much, and especially after Alderaan is uh, destroyed, um, it's like a kind of bubbly wine, and it's teal colored, and after Alderaan was gone, it was very rare and saved for special occasions, mm. so like I feel like learning those little tidbits can help inform like what you're recreating yeah and I think that's fun so you talked a little bit Jen about um creating your blog and and having a way to I want to say like share that with others and at some point it became more than um for lack of better word like a a recipe a repository or a, a recipe blog for you. It, it became much more a part of your career. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah. Um, so I was making Star Wars recipes for a while, and I probably, for me, the biggest turning point was, I don't even remember the year, but I threw an entire Star Wars party. Yes. And I had searched online as much as I could, and there were no parties. I mean, it's hard to think I about know. it at a time like this, but <laughs> when you Google something and there's nothing Star Wars food related, so I had to just start from scratch. And so I went through the notes that I'd been keeping anyway, and I just made this whole party for my kid's birthday because he was really into star he was really into the dark side really but he was really into um <laughs> he's, he's one of us yeah so one, one, <laughs> one of me one and of you, you <laughs> across the table um so that was sort of the first star wars party i guess I on the internet i don't know yeah it was but anyway amazing. it took off it because amazing. everyone was also looking for the same thing so all the google searches and everything would come to my site and i i don't know how many, I think it was something like over 100,000 views that oh month wow. just for that party. And that party still continues to get get hits. I mean, it, it's been years now. Well, those Princess Leia cupcakes, <clears throat> I think you did for that party. That like, was I've seen, the very first thing. Yeah. yeah, I've seen them so many other places. Yeah, and over the years, people have claimed them as their own, but that's what I did back in the day, and that was sort of my first, for myself too, my first introduction to being like, how can I take this character but make it fun and edible and something that people can easily create? Because that's like the whole purpose of my recipes. I don't want to do elaborate cakes, and I I don't want to do things that take hours because people are trying to copy me, and I don't want them to waste their time or their ingredients. Yeah. So everything I do is kind of broken down into the most simple elements when it comes to characters so that you can do it easily. And especially with stuff that you have at home, I don't want people to like buy to make extra, special. make a special trip to a special store. So those Leia cupcakes were made with Oreos because I had Oreos. My kids liked Oreos and they easily made her hair where she was recognizable in an instant. So that's how I try to, that was the first thing I probably did. And I try to keep that whole 
um, thing through all my recipes. And if you look up Leia cupcakes, yours is the one that comes up. Yeah. Even for somebody else that made it. Yes. Like, I feel like yes. it's going to be that design with the Oreo buttons. Mm-hmm. Oreo buttons. <laughs> that should be a Halloween. Like somebody should do a Halloween costume version of your Leia <gasps> cupcake. I love that. And just like. I've seen somebody do like cinnamon buns. Uh-huh. They should just like glue Oreos onto. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I'd want to eat them. I think the Leia cupcakes are one of my favorite as far as um, the design and also uh, the character and uh, the fact that they're cupcakes. One of my <laughs> other favorites is the chewy donut. Mm. Um, can you talk about oh, yeah. that one a little bit? That's a great example of something. Pretty yeah. straightforward. That was also, I eat a lot of donuts and <laughs> maple donuts are my favorite. So there, I'm, I'm rarely without a maple donut. And since I had one, I thought, how can, I just decided, how can I make this look like Chewbacca, but in the easiest form, like nothing over the top and just a few dots in his mouth and his bandolier. And to me, he looked good enough to be like a Chewbacca donut. There wasn't over the top or anything, and that one sort of took off too, I think because of yeah. the simplicity, simplicity for sure. Yeah, I was just thinking of one I've seen make the rounds recently. I was just making, yeah, it was a, your your Jabacata, Jabacato toast, <laughs> uh, which is avocado toast, in the, with, but with Java. Yeah. I have seen that around the interwebs. <laughs> but I love how you, like, just scrolling through your page on StarWars.com, you do really take out, like, the most... Like with this Darth Maul, uh, Darth Maul, I love the names, Darth Maulfuls. Um, you highlight the, like the most recognizable elements of a character. Right. And all those recipes too also start with very basic recipes because if I'm making food for my kids anyway, and I just have to add a few elements to make it Star Wars, then why not? It's yeah. like people always say, I don't have the time, I don't want to waste time, but it only takes me a few minutes to add a little something. I mean, you can go obviously further, but all of those start as basic recipes I'm going to feed my family anyway. And mm-hmm. so I think that's why people are connected to it, because if you're going to eat avocado toast anyway, why wouldn't it look like Jabba the Hutt? Let's be honest. Yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> I, had avocado, I have avocado toast almost every day. <laughs> I think it's also wonderful that you bring in other cultural influences and and recipes that some people may not know about or haven't eaten before. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, Yeah, I guess because, you know, especially with um, everyone is eating so many different kinds of food and also everyone has a lot of food allergies too. So I always try and make things that maybe you can adapt for yourself or an ingredient that is readily available that you haven't tried. Like with the Darth Maffles, not only was it a play on words, but it's based off of a mochi waffle. So it's a little bit chewier Mm -hmm. and it's a different texture than just your everyday waffle, which you can obviously make. But if you're going to go full pun, you might as well just go all the way. (laughs) Yes. What are your, you know, I'm curious because I know your kids get the get so lucky they to eat all these delicious things. What are some of their favorite recipes that you've made? Um, yeah, it's true. Everything I make is basically on our dinner table. We eat, so everything has been tried out, and I wouldn't put anything up that they didn't approve of. Um, I asked uh, one of my kids what his favorite one was, and oddly enough, he said that he really liked the K2SO brownies that I made oh, because so they cute. look like K2SO, but... That's also happens to be his favorite brownie recipe. So I just oh. <laughs> took his favorite brownie recipe and then just added again, just a Smart. little touch. And so obviously he would choose that with or right. without the face, really. So. <laughs> Whatever character's on there, that's my favorite. Right. Are there ones that they didn't like that um, helped you innovate or, or change something? Um, there wasn't anything that they didn't really like because, again, everything's sort of based on their dinner anyway. Um, I can't think of anything they didn't, they didn't like, but I will say that my younger son, who, you know, like loves the dark side, loves the <laughs> Sith, loves Vader. So anything sort of rebel or Luke that it's not his bag. He just, yeah. he's, he's like, like automatically, well, Boba Fett. he's yeah. just already like, automatically. He's I, like, I don't know about this. I wasn't going to drink my blue milk out of a Luke glass. So <laughs> by the way, Amy, where is your, um, Kylo Ren all black Oh, I'm Outfit not the tonight. only one. I'm, I like that. <laughs> You're the Sith. I'm dressed in florals. <laughs> Figures. 
You planned it, didn't you? <laughs> we did it. This is just what I always wear. I think, it, yeah. Oh, and I like that coat. Or is it the sweater? Jack- yeah, no, it's a hoodie. It's a jacket from uh, Disneyland, actually. It's a dark side jacket That's that cute. they had for a very short time. And mm-hmm. I looked at it, and then I couldn't decide. And then Drea bought it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to go back. So I went back and I got it because <laughs> it's super comfortable. And it's kind of sort of rare, too, that you lately they tend to put rebels and everything all together on everything like yeah. you like star wars here's all the star wars right. yeah. i just want empire stuff yeah usually period the rebels. and so yeah so it's i kind of try and buy those things when i see them nice um since we talked about the names which i love is there a brainstorming process like i imagine alongside your sketches you just have like uh possibly like possible puns you can make how's that side of it yeah it's it's a process I have a sketch I have a lot of sketchbooks and um if I'm not drawing characters or I'm I'm draw I draw out my ingredients too because I kind of want to see where that's going to take me so I would draw out the vegetables or I draw just to kind of get the process going but a lot of names or if something in particular is happening because for all the jobs that I have, I try and create things based on premiere dates or finale dates mm-hmm. so that we can kind of ride the wave with the fans and and get them interested in the show or whatever is happening yeah, currently. I mean, you can go back and you can pull old things, which brings nostalgia too. But if you know that Rebels is going to premiere, you know that Clone Wars, a lot of people are watching Clone Wars, you kind of want to find something that will bring them into that. So... And also it's the things that I love. So like when I made um, Beresafi cupcakes, I mean, that's not a character that people readily know, but again, you look at her and she's not an exact replica of the character at all, but it's my interpretation of it and it's what I liked. And at the time, I think we were doing something with Clone Wars. And so I wanted to find characters that um, maybe don't get their do you know yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I was excited gonna, when you did that one right you're not gonna open a star wars cookbook that's on the shelf and see barisafi that's never gonna happen no. so i try and do those things for the fans who love that particular character same with cad bane i love cad bane yes. you're never gonna find cad bane anything so i'm like i have to make my own that's what i was just trying to remember if you ever did a kit fisto one um no but i know <laughs> it is sort of on my mind all those characters are on my mind but it's a way of I don't want to do it like half. I yeah, want to right. really As well. see how it's going to turn out. So what, is, so what is the pork recipe that you've put together? I have many pork recipes actually, but the one that is on the site currently that we did put up was for pork potatoes. <laughs> um, this was, and I made them a long time ago. Like um, before we even put it up, I had made those. And uh, I just thought that the potatoes, if I cut them a certain way, I could get them to look like a bunch of little pork standing up. And I think that's when they uh, released that few seconds oh, of his face, and that thing. was it. Yeah. So that's what that was based off. Oh, they're, they're so cute. But they really, they really speak to you when you line them up, and they're all staring at you. So, um, yeah. Then they ate you. Yeah, yeah. this, is, this is the face they make right before they... Bite yeah. your face. The stuff with faces is kind of sad when you eat them for dinner, but... Oh, <laughs> they're so cute. I want to do this with my pork. And then also that's, you know, for people, that's a vegan recipe. That's a gluten-free recipe. I mean, I'm, you know, it kind of anyone can make it and anyone can eat it. Yeah. And I think when you serve them, you should line them up like that. And like the person <laughs> in the cover you're making them for, or maybe yourself, and eat them one at a time. Yeah. Oh, they're so adorable. But I do have several pork recipes that you just haven't seen them yet. They're on their way. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Matter of time. Now I'm just looking at all because I'm like, (laughs) oh, because most of them I see, um, but I miss the the Battle of Yavin in gelatin. Ah, yeah. That was one that I had been wanting to do for so long. And uh, so when that came about, I was like, I really have this idea. I don't know if it's going to work. And luckily, StarWars.com just kind of went with me. But I had this idea for the longest time, and I couldn't figure out how to execute it, where I wanted the Battle of Yavin to be floating in jello, actually edible, but actually have movement. Yeah. um, Without, I mean, that's obviously a recipe that is not easy to do. That is not going to, you know, you can just do, you know, 
in a few minutes, but, um, but it was well planned out because I had had it in my sketchbooks for so long and it was just a matter of making it work and seeing if it happened and it worked out. It looks so cool. (laughs) Something that I think is characterized in your work is that, um, yes, you're willing to work with characters that most others may not, or, uh, your innovation and creativity is, um, especially noticed in, in some of your recipes. Um, I learned a little bit more about your wampa arm it, at, when you were talking about it at the um, Disneyland California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Mm-hmm. Did I get all that right? <laughs> right. Um, and so they were showing us pictures and you were talking a little bit about that. Um, where did the, what part of your brain <laughs> came up with, with this recipe and describe this a little bit for folks who um, may not, may not yet have seen this um the lacerated, um, amputated, <laughs> severed, <laughs> severed arm. Um, yeah, I always like to find scenes or characters that you may just dismiss because I think it's funnier that way. Um, and so I had wanted to, I was making roll cakes at the time. For some reason I was on a roll cake kick and I thought if I made a red velvet roll cake, it to me, looks like a severed arm, especially when you fill it with jelly. (laughs) So naturally. This is why she's dark side, (laughs) by the way. So by making a jelly roll cake that was red, a red cake, and then covering it in hair, which is just basically icing with coconut, and I added some candy for his ta- for his fingers and things. And you cut it, and you fill it with jelly and cut it. It oozes. I mean, typical Halloween stuff, kind of. It oozes right. what looks like blood. But when I made it, it looked a lot more real than I thought it would look, I guess. So I had made it, and I was pretty proud of it. And I took it to my grandma's house. Because, again, I couldn't eat an entire roll cake, and neither could my... I wasn't going to let my kids eat an entire <laughs> So I took it to my grandma's house, because every Friday we have dinner with my grandma, and we all kind of eat. And I usually end up cooking for, like, 10 or 12 people anyway. So I took this cake <laughs> over there, and I put it in her fridge to keep it there. And she was so horrified, because she thought it was... I don't know how you would think it was real, but she said it looked too real. And, and <laughs> yeah. she just couldn't... I had to take it out of her refrigerator because it just drove her crazy. I just like picturing her opening, like, I'm going to come, like, open this fridge and grab some ketchup or something. And then, oh, yeah. Just a, a severed wampa arm. But that wampa arm is probably about, like, 24 inches yeah. long. So it oh, was a that's process. Large. That's another thing that, like, took a while. So, again, I wanted to take that. So this year, I wanted to take that idea but simplify it for people who may not, again, want to eat an entire roll cake. So I made donuts. I made wampa arm donuts that were filled with jelly so that you want when you cut those open, they also bled out, but uh, they, they were smaller, <laughs> they're, they're easier bleeding. to make. Happy. Yeah. So I always try and make things that people can can develop and make on their own a little bit easier. Yeah. Can we talk about these, um, what are we, what are these technically called? They look a little bit like flan, flans to me, but they're um, not, they're <clears throat> little pumpkin I cakes. just happen to be making pie anyway, um, pumpkin pie, because, <laughs> of course. yeah, um, one, it was uh, the premiere of Supernatural, which I love, and I wanted to make pie to eat it while I I saw your picture. The premiere of Dean. So um, <laughs> uh, I was making pie anyway, and I knew I was coming here, so I, I made a pie, but then I also made these tart, they're like tartlets. They're about five inches round. And they look like little pumpkin pies, but they're tartlets because that's a tart pan that has a removable bottom, and it doesn't have pie crust in the bottom. I crushed up um, Trader Joe's JoJo's, which is like or- their version of Oreos. Yeah. So if you crush up the cookies and mix them with a little bit of butter, you don't have to go through the whole process of creating pie crust, which may or may not fail. Pie crust is not easy to make. So you mm. have like a cookie base, and you put it, push it in the bottom, and then just pour your pie filling into it and bake it. And by taking it to the... So you have basically a cookie pumpkin pie, but then to take it to the next level, I added some um, Ahsoka headpieces on there because I know that Amy loves Ahsoka. And uh, those are made with white chocolate. And those are from StarWars.com. I made pumpkin muffins, Ahsoka muffins on StarWars.com with using the same idea of sort of piping out white chocolate and then just adding a little edible food coloring to make it look like her. So visibly... You, I mean, I, again, I yeah. called my kids in and I said, I'm taking this to Auntie Amy and Auntie Drea's tomorrow. What do you think it is? And they're like, Ahsoka, obviously. So like, Yeah. That's like, it's, absolutely. Absolutely. it's okay. very it recognizable. <laughs> yeah. 
can, yeah. can I, I'm going to try, um, you can just I, eat it out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a dinner time now. Thank you. Would you like to eat your pumpkin? Oh, I can wait. You can just go ahead. Sorry, listeners. We need a moment. Well, all this talk about food has me super hungry. Did you also say this was gluten-free? It is gluten-free because the Trader Joe's JoJo's come in gluten-free. So, Mm. And and you can make it vegan, too, if you want. Everything's adaptable. I don't want to break Ahsoka's head tails. But that is definitely not vegan. (laughs) So good. It's very seasonal. Something that I, I wanted to do for our October show was kind of like get into fall and, and the seasonality. I don't even know if that's a word of, of this time of now. year. And, um, this is perfect for that theme of, um, just baking and star Wars fandom and pumpkins and pumpkins. I don't know if either of you are pumpkin crazy, but I, I love pumpkins. I, I love pumpkin pumpkins. Crazy. Yeah. So where can folks find this recipe? They can't. I just made oh. it up for you guys <laughs> and for Dean Winchester and I haven't even written it down. So I have to, I, I do this a lot. I create these recipes and then I have to think about how I did mm. it because I just, I, I don't know. It will be it's up good. soon somewhere. But probably on get, my website. I feel, I feel like it's we good. have a, a special advanced tasting. We do, and it's delicious. <laughs> it's very um, good. But you can find the pumpkin muffins with Ahsoka on yes, StarWars.com. Absolutely. Right? Nice. Well, I think we are all, that's so good. Sorry, I'm like, oh, good. Mm, I'm that's glad. delicious. <laughs> Sorry, listeners at home. We probably made you hungry. <laughs> Not really so- that sorry. Is there anything else we need to cover? What else? I think that's it, yeah? Anything well, else you, you need know, to ask? I just wanted to, um, of course, give Jen a chance to talk about some of the other sites and maybe yes. the other fandoms that she writes for. So justgenrecipes.com is where folks can find all of your wonderful recipes. We also mentioned starwars.com. What are the other couple of places that people can go to find maybe not just your Star Wars stuff, but your your other uh, fandom-related recipes? I also write, uh, not only create recipes, but write for marvel.com and nerdist.com. And working for those other sites also allows me to think of other creative ways to make food for other fandoms that outside of Star Wars. That can be kind of fun. Um, for Nerdist, I do a lot of Walking Dead. Uh, oh, zom- <laughs> I'm thinking about the zombie oh, zombie meatloaf, right? Zombie foot meatloaf. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. probably delicious, but man. <laughs> yeah, it allows me to kind of stretch and get out of my comfort zone a little bit more because I know Star Wars inside and out. I actually, you know, so it's very easy for me to come up with those recipes, but sometimes I need to come up with um, things like Invader Zim tacos or, um, yeah, other things that Nerdist allows me to feature different fandoms, which is fun. That's awesome. Yay. Well, thank you for joining us and thank you all for listening. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, we hope you go bake lots of things and to make sure you don't miss any content, food and beverage related and otherwise, please subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode of Lattes with Leia. And you can also catch by subscribing to the Coffee with Kenobi network on iTunes or on Stitcher. You get Lattes with Leia. You get Coffee with Kenobi, Comics with Kenobi, (laughs) Rebels Reaction, (laughs) Legends Library. And that's not even all of them. And we would so appreciate if you would leave us a review on iTunes if you're enjoying the show. And of course, if you end up baking or cooking one of Jen's recipes, share it with us. Let us know how you did. Um, If you make blue milk, um, send us a photo. We'll post some photos of the things that we tried out tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And you can hit us up on Twitter at Lattes with Leia or by email at Lattes with Leia at coffeewithkenobi.com. And Jen, where can people find you on the internet and social media? You can find me on Twitter at Just Jen, on Instagram um, as at Just Jen Recipes, and the website is JustinRecipes.com. Nice. Drea? I am on Twitter at Arkham Asylum Doc, and my website is UndertheMaskOnline.com. I'm on Instagram, Arkham Asylum Doc, and I have another podcast called The Arkham Sessions, all about psychology and Batman. Amazing. And you all can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Amy underscore geek. You can find my writing on Nerdist.com and StarWars.com. And I host another podcast, too, about Disney called The Disney Diet. 
So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Jen, so much for joining Thanks us. Thanks me. We need to do this again. <laughs> and we maybe can bake something next time yes. and see how that goes. I feel like we could also have about an hour conversation about our Kylo Ren outfits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh! Or like a fashion Dude, we need fashion to do a fashion roundtable. Yeah. <gasps> Amazing. We'll okay. bring everyone in. <laughs> oh, that would be fashion so fun. ladies of Star Wars. And it's just a bunch is of a ladies talking about. solid gold idea. Like where we get I our like stuff. It. How yeah. we style mm-hmm. it. So we'll have to have Jen back for that for sure. Yes, absolutely. So again, thank you all. I'm Amy, and for Drea, may the force be with you. Chewie, get us out of here! Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.